It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Welcome back, friends. We're glad you're with us on this journey towards the answer to the question, Israel, why is the Middle East important? We're noticing every every week more and more people are checking us out on Spreaker.com or on venues like iTunes or Spotify and others. In our first episode, we began by pointing out the little teeny dot on the map called Israel. And we noticed that even though it is barely noticeable, people always respond with emotion when Israel is mentioned or the Jews come up in a conversation. We illustrated this in our second episode, Why People Hate the Jews. And we didn't say in that episode that everybody hates the Jews. What we did show is that when Israel or the Jews come up, there's always a reaction. When someone brings up America or President Trump, it always gets a reaction. But Israel is just a little teeny speck on the map. And Jews make up 0.00186 or one-fifth of one percent of the population and yet, they seem to be so important. So, Neil, in our last episode, we were discussing the negative response many people have when the Jews or Israel come up. And folks can listen to that episode to learn about the beginning of that discussion. But I want us to wrap that up if we could. So I made a note of the fact that in our discussion, the negative response many people have when the Jews or Israel come up, and folks can listen to that episode to learn about the beginning of that, regarding the reaction to Israel, that it's all spiritual. And I want us to explore that idea, that it's all spiritual, as a factor in why Israel and the Middle East is important. So, I wanted to kind of set the stage for our listeners before bringing you in, so I apologize for the delay that that will cause for you. So, Israel and the reaction to Israel and the Jews is all spiritual. So, here's my first question. Jesus said in John's Gospel in chapter 4, verse 24, that God is spirit, and the people worshiping must worship in spirit and in truth. And in Genesis chapter 1, the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the earth. When I think of it being all spiritual, these two things come to mind. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's exactly what we were trying to uh, touch on that may have been... Uh uh, a little unclear is that at the core 
at its essence, everything that we perceive in our snow globe, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. at its uh, root is spiritual. Mm-hmm. As you said, God is a spirit. God called this snow globe into being through his own spirit. Mm-hmm. He gave mankind through Adam and Eve, Adam and Hava, the divine spirit. He breathed it into their nostrils, as it were, the Neshama. Mm. All right, so Neil, tell me some more about that, uh, the the idea that God breathed and the word breath is used uh, and spirit. uh, They're interchangeable words. Right, right. So if he's breathing his spirit into us. Correct. That makes us a spiritual being. That makes us a spiritual being. And uh, again, it's it's a further elaboration that everything at its core is spirit. So in other words, we talked last show about replacement theology, hatred toward God's plan of redemption through Israel and the Jews. At its core, that is spiritual, meaning that we are spirits. Everything is a symptom that you can get caught up in, but at its core, it is spiritual, and the spiritual is the battle that rages between God and the adversary. We call him the devil or the serpent. And so if you have a thought about any topic in this case, anti-Semitism or anti-Israel or Zionism, Mm -hmm. at its core, it's spiritual, and somebody is attempting to influence your thinking Mm -hmm. toward and about Israel and the Jews Mm -hmm. negatively, and that's the spiritual crux. And that's interesting, because then, so somebody is trying to influence the thinking about Israel and God and how they go together, And, and the question is... The title of our show. Why is that, is that important? Important. It's amazing, isn't it? So I think we've done a good job of setting the stage for the biblical idea. It's the idea that it's all spiritual. That it's all spiritual. Uh, yeah. So, so God is spirit, and He initiated it all. That makes it spiritual by definition, does it not? By definition. By definition, because He is spirit. So, but when we look at the creation story. Under our snow globe. And by the way, I want to give some snow globe understanding here. Because in, in Genesis, it talks about the firmament. Correct. Right? The firmament that uh, is over the earth. That's right. And and we know that uh, we have this amazing radiation belt. That's right. And that we have an atmosphere. That's right. right? And, it's, and if you try to penetrate this atmosphere, you burn up. So there is a, kind of like a globe over the globe. Right. Right? Right. There's a covering there. That's correct. And, and so it's, it's not that far off to call it a snow globe. It's not that far off, and I just like that imagery for me personally. Yeah, yeah. But also uh, it, in Scripture it talks about the circle around the earth or over the earth or the circle of the earth. Yeah. If you look at any photographs from NASA or wherever of the earth, you'll see that blue belt that you're referring mm-hmm. to, like a circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, it's uh, it's interesting. It the is. Bible uses oftentimes poetic language uh, that we consider poetic language to uh, portray a very real truth. Yeah, and it's uh, it's laughed at and condemned. We're going off on a, on a tangent here, but sure. it's laughed at and condemned by quote-unquote scientists, but then when they actually look at what it is and they measure it scientifically, they go, you know what? It is a firmament. 
it is in somewhat impenetrable. Yeah. And and isn't that interesting that it happens just happens to be true. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> correct. So right. so Neil when we look at the creation story I think because this is where people come into the into the story. We look at the creation story we start to see that there's uh, an unfolding going on. God is revealing the story to us beginning in Genesis. Correct. Okay. So as the creation story it it unfolds in stages over time. And each incident of creation builds upon the previous incident of creation. Sure. Right? The right. earth was null and the, the earth was void. And he gave it, and he, then, he, then he started putting the pieces in place. And each one was built on the previous one. And the last thing God did was create people. That's right. After the whole creation, the created order was put in place, the laws of physics now exist. Right? He created those laws of physics and, and he put Adam and Eve on the ground as the last act in the unfolding of the creation story. The question is, why? Why did God create us? Well, I think that's the question that we get when we hearken back to the idea of these different terms for the, for the breath of life. Mm. And as we uh, have talked about, Jeff, you know, mankind has that God-breathed spirit in him, the Neshama. And God breathed that into Adam. Well, he had created Adam, but in effect, he was like any other animal. He was on a lower plane, if you will, until that God spirit was breathed into Adam, and then he became what we call a sentient being. He asked, why am I here? How did I get here? Where am I going? He was able to comprehend those questions as we laughed, uh, chuckled a little earlier. A cow does not ask, why am I a cow? Why am I here? Where am I going? No other animal asks these questions. So humans still don't know where we came from, where we're going, what's my meaning, but we are able to ask the question and to strive for the understanding. We are able to try to commune with God and put that, that diminished nature that we have since the fall originally, as you mentioned, as uh, referenced in Genesis or Bereshit, the, the Torah. And those are the questions we ask. How did that happen? Why did it happen? And that is the unfolding. It is the story of our fall and redemption. So as uh, my answer to that question, as I've thought about it over time, is, is uh, as again, uh, this is an unfolding thing. So I have the benefit of, of Jesus' time on earth, and I have the benefit of Jesus' teaching, and that helps me to look, to look at what Jesus said and maybe answer the question for me anyway. And my answer to the question, why did he do it? Jesus said, uh, I believe it's I believe it's in uh, John three. I could be wrong, but he says it in John. He says, "And this is eternal life to know Him, to know God and Jesus Christ, His Son." Correct. That's eternal life. That's the life of eternity. That is the point of it all. Is God created us so that we might know Him? Exactly right. And 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 He had a plan. For us, from the get-go, right, and uh, 
you know, we've been uh, screwing it up ever since. Right. Well, everything <laughs> opens up other questions, of course. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it, it's a it never ending as far as if you understand this, then that raises another question. But yeah. yes, from the beginning, the story in the beginning is yeah. in the beginning of the story that's good for you to know that I want you to know. Yeah. And it was perfect, and it was diminished, and God, through his own grace, decided to redeem mankind. And that's the beginning of the story when he says, in the beginning. Let me tell you yeah, how this happened. Exactly. Uh, so, so God creates man and creates woman. He, as you say, breathes his spirit into them that makes them sentient beings that can know and understand and learn and grow and question their existence, etc., etc., etc. And God sets up an, uh, in in the Garden of Eden. He he kind of sets up a uh, uh, when he creates them. He he creates a covenant with them. He he says, you know, and a covenant a covenant is uh, I I need, you know I'm going to give you things that you need to do, and this is what I'm going to do for you. That's a, that's a that's what a covenant is. Like a it's like a contract. But he he says he says to them. Uh, he gives them specific directions about what they can and cannot do. Like he asked, he, he put Adam to, he said, he wants you, I want you to work. I want you to tend the garden. And, and uh, then he said, okay, uh, as far as food is concerned, you can eat from any tree in the garden except for that one, that one tree there, that one tree in the middle of the garden. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you cannot eat from that. Correct. Okay? If you do eat from that, he said, you will die. Right, so my assumption is that they weren't going to die, as long as they didn't eat the truth, they eat from that tree. Right, right, right. So they're they're just you know they're going to be with God, and He's going to be with them, and if we go all the way to Revelation, it says, "I will be with my people, and they will be with me." Right. So it's it goes all the way back to Genesis. Sure. You know, the the end of the story is the beginning of the story. It's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, yeah, He just wanted them to you know. So if you do, if you eat from that tree. Uh, you will die. And so that's the deal. Right? And they agree. Right? And then the serpent comes. And then the serpent comes. That was one of the things, uh, I mean, obviously just from the little bit we can read from Adam and Eve, the the capacity for the created first humans to understand, know, the intellect, the spiritual awareness was much higher now, they may not have known the ramifications because potentially all we can read is what's there, but potentially when God said, you will die, and has come down ever since and anything we struggle with, the serpent is right there to say, indeed, as God said. And in effect, maybe they didn't actually comprehend the enormity of death. I mean, you know, what was their bases from which to assume death meant death in all these different avenues, physical death, you will actually die. You will die spiritually. In other words, what we're talking about, you will be so diminished that your progressive revelation of coming home to be with God, yes, you become aware of it, but it's anything but crystal clear. As a matter of fact, usually it's quite a struggle when things come against us, which is inevitable to keep the faith, as it were. But Adam didn't struggle with any of that. No, he, he knew didn't. God. Yeah. He walked with him. Yeah. God brought the animals, yeah. and he said, name them. And seemingly, Adam had no problem keeping them straight and giving yeah. them names according yeah. to their characteristics and yeah. so on. Yeah. Now, 
that's an enormous job. Think about that today. Yeah. If I said, Jeff, uh, I'm going to bring you all the animals on the earth, yeah. they're going to pass before you, yeah. start naming them according to their genus and so on, yeah. and uh, keep it straight. Uh, so in other words, Jeff, in all avenues, including and most specifically for our topic, the spiritual, the spiritual makeup, mm-hmm. we are diminished humans on our way back to redemption. Yeah, we are. We are. So we're, we're, we're at the fall. We're talking about the fall. And, and uh, Adam and Eve violate the agreement. They violate the covenant with God. Uh, they will be with him forever, and they'll have this wonderful life. And they just have one condition, don't eat from that tree. So what happened there? What happened there? Why did they eat from the tree? Well, I guess that would be the, uh, what is it, the $64 million question. Why did they do that? And as all humans, we say, I wouldn't have done that. But or, what was the account of it? What happened well, the, in the garden? Well, the, the account is that the enemy, mm-hmm. the devil, mm-hmm. the adversary, yes. at least took the form of a serpent. So he's a spirit too, right? So he is a fallen spirit. Uh-huh. So in the same uh-huh. way basically that yeah. humans fell after his deception his yeah. trickery yeah. which is what is happening today yeah. for, he's still at for all, his job he's still yeah. he's very yeah. good at his job yeah. of trickery and deception yeah. Yeah. he the account is very terse yeah. very quick yeah. but the ramifications are enormous but enormous. he came and through subtlety and trickery convinced eve and adam to yeah. eat yeah. of that tree that yeah. they were forbidden yeah. And that has been the repercussion ever since, is that we're battling his trickery, mm-hmm. his conniving, yeah. his hatred yeah. ever since. So our point here is that it's all spiritual. So we have the spirit, of the God is spirit, worship, worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth during the creation. Correct. Uh, God breathed his spirit, his spirit. In, into man uh, and woman. Uh, breathe, breathe lives into them so they have life and essentially put that spirit in them. Then a spirit, fallen spirit being comes along and connives and twists. And, uh, th- and I want to make a comment about this because I've been interested in your thinking here. Uh, the device that's, that the serpent used to trick them uh, is, is to me what I see going on in the world today as it pertains to truth, as it pertains to truth. So God spoke truth to Adam and Eve. This, if you, if you eat from this tree, you will die, okay? And that's just a fact. He just stated a fact, right? And what did the, what did the serpent say? He said, God, God didn't say you would surely die, did he? So his advice was he cast doubt. He cast doubt. And I find that to be the main way the enemy kind of gets us off track. Yes, very, very true. So we know, we know that, for example, everything, every life God creates is precious. We know that. We just know that. Everybody knows that in their being. But for some reason, the question is, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not precious. Maybe some lives are... Not valuable. Maybe, maybe I, you know, and 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 uh, there, there are other truths. Uh, uh, you know. 
How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org slash walk. Oh, God is good. But then somebody, well, then why does he allow hurricanes? Doubt. Right. Doubt. Right. You know, and, and those, those questions keep being introduced even today, and it's whittling away. It's whittling away at God's influence in our world, and it's nothing but asking the question, well, why are there hurricanes if God is good? Yes, correct. And uh, that, that, that issue is when uh, this fallen spirit at least took the body of a serpent mm-hmm. so that he could communicate, mm-hmm. which is another very odd thing. Mm-hmm. An animal is communicating in the garden, but True. they could communicate. Yeah. What he said is, to your point, yes, he didn't say in the sense that, no, God didn't say that, you heard it wrong. He cast a doubt by saying, indeed, hath God said. In other words, to say it as though, did he really mean by that? that? Think about this. And that is what we battle against today, hearkening back to our original discussion here of anti-Semitism. Where is it found? Why can it say the plain truth in God's proof texts that we have codified in the Bible that he's not anti-Semitic, mm. that the Jews in Israel play a prominent mm. and predominant mm. and necessary vital role for redemption, mm. why would people be confused? Because, again, that same doubt. Indeed, hath God said, well, look what Israel did, does. Look what this Jew did, didn't do. Uh, how could that be? It's impossible. We touched on this last time. Yeah. It must mean the church. Yeah. All of these things, and the whole time behind that thinking is a serpent, if you will, saying... Indeed, has God said Israel thus and so? Indeed, has God said the Jews thus and so? And for our purposes, the answer, Jeff, and what we're trying to portray here is an emphatic, yes, indeed, you can take the very simple, Mm -hmm. the very plain meaning, Mm -hmm. and say, yes, God did say, and hopefully we won't have second Adams out there following another deception of the devil, lies of anti-Semitism. And I, and I think, you know, that what this has done for me, and we are kind of on a bunny trail here, but I think it's a valuable one. What this has done for me is I look at the Bible and, and I ask myself, what does it say? Right, right. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and before I go any further, I try to understand what that is. I don't question it. I don't doubt it. I... I want to know what it means. I, 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 I take it for what it says, and I want to figure out what it means. Correct. And then after I understand what it means, I try to do what it says. 
And all of these things uh, in the Bible, to say we take the simple, uh, it says literally what it means. You know, sometime perhaps we'll go deeper into this, but there's ways of studying the Bible that are very uh, Hebraic in their sense. And mm-hmm. one of them is you always start out with the plain, plain. meaning text. Yes. Now, yes. the Bible's very deep. It's backward, yes. forward, yeah. diagonal. It's yeah. even another dimension yeah. that's in depth. Yeah. So you can study the secrets. Yeah. And you can study the esoteric meanings. Yeah. One of them you mentioned, yeah. God breathed in the lives yeah. into the nostril. It yeah. didn't say he breathed his life. He yeah. breathed in his lives, yeah. which, again, is very interesting. But the point being, you cannot first and foremost do away with the literal, straightforward, before you go into some esoteric, deeper, secret, whatever you want to say, meaning. You have to accept the plain and literal. What does it say? What does it say so, on its face? And here's a great example. So the the word when Adam when God breathed lives into Adam and Eve, what was what was the result of Adam and Eve's existence? More people and more people and more people. So it's quite possible the word lives is there because all of humanity is going to come out from those two. Right, yeah. So he breathes all of that into them. And when they have a kid, a child, that life, one of those lives, is coming in. Well, I think that that's very true because uh, uh, the Scripture does call Israel the firstborn, Mm -hmm. the children of God. Mm -hmm. And by extension, it refers to any believer because we also partake of that same covenant, children of God, and so on. So your one way of interpreting that which there can be many different right. ways as long as they're not at odds right, exactly. with the plain meaning. Exactly. Uh, could in fact be so. But yes, that word, just like you said, there's yeah. the esoteric meanings yeah. sometimes yeah. beyond the plain. Why would God breathe lives? Because the way it's translated in the Bible is God breathed his life or breathed the life. Breathed life. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, and it, you know what else it does is it, it validates that it's all spiritual because everyone has a spirit that's. Tr- the spirit that God gave Adam and Eve. Right. And it's just passed down. Correct. And why did the uh, adversary have to take the form of this serpent? Seemingly, That's a there's question. yeah things we don't know. The, the Bible's very specific and very um, general at the same time. It doesn't mean you can't depend on it. You can, but we're not going to know every precise, exact detail yes. until Messiah comes and it all is clear and we can then see it. But yes. for some reason, the fallen spirit of Satan, if you will, mm-hmm. Lucifer, a fallen angel, had to take the form mm-hmm. of an animal created to do his seduction of Eve and Adam. Adam was there right with Eve, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He, he didn't come strolling by later. He was right there. Right there, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's also fair to say, not fair to say, but I think accurate to say that when God breathed that spirit into us, He's also breathing his image and likeness into us. Correct. Well, that I think that's what's uh, plain from that text. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess this the more... Uh, I liked your... I'm going to call it an off-the-cuff thought of mm-hmm. lives. I think it's very good. I have no problem with it. But uh, it's very interesting, the Hebrew, because oftentimes it uses plural in a singular meaning. It mm-hmm. will talk about prophetic events in the past tense. It's just an amazing language that you mm-hmm. can get so much from yeah. that yeah. can also cause confusion. Mm-hmm. 
But we know at the very first verses, one term for God that he uses is plural as well. Now, for us Christians, we, of course, believe in the triunity, Trinity, the right. trinity. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear things like lives, and he's going to make man in our image, well, that makes sense to us now. You know, other people would, especially I'm thinking of Jewish rabbis, would disagree with our Christology, which sure. we read into. But sure. still, it's there. It's very, it's very interesting. So that effect, so the effect of them listening to the, to the serpent, doing what God told them not to do, broke the covenant with God, and God has a... a you know, he's, he's going to deal with them, and he uh, gives a bunch of stuff we don't have time to get into today, but he says some things to, to Adam, and he says some things to Eve about how their lives are going to be different. Yeah, right? they're changed. They're, 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 they're changed, and it's, it's like not easy now. It's going to be difficult. And uh, then he casts them out of the garden, out of his presence, and he puts up a barrier that prevents them from coming back. And the next thing we learn is they have a kid. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's the very next thing that happens. Right. So, so it's an interesting, it's a very interesting thing that he does that because when he casts them out, he starts the plan of redemption. Right, immediately. So he's true to his word. Yes. He said, if you do this, you will die. Right. Terms of the agreement. They did it, and they begin to now become mortal. They're only going to live a certain number of years. And we've been this way ever since. Right. Ever since. And so, so, uh, they, so, but God has begun immediately, and this is an amazing thing because he does it right away, the plan for redeeming them back to him. Back to him. So even though he's cast them out, even though he's separated himself from them, and even though they deserve that because they broke their covenant with him, he's, he's going to create a way for them to come back. And he takes care of them at the same time, yes, even though they're living in a uh, much more hellish world with uh, the fallen state of the whole world. In yeah. other words, their yeah. actions had repercussions, yep. lots of repercussions. Yep. He still provided for them. He gave them covering. Took care of them in the sense that it's not going to be what it once was, but I am going to redeem you. I am going to take vengeance on this fallen yep. uh, entity and yep. his fellow yep. uh, fallen spirits. Mm-hmm. And I am going to begin the process of restoration, redemption, if mm-hmm. you will. We, yep. we used the term before in Hebrew, it's the gula, the yep. redemption. Yep. And that is what we're talking about, Jeff. How is that spiritual? It's spiritual that God had a plan. He laid it out. It's very rapid fire there in Genesis. Boom, 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 boom. You can read it very quickly. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, talks about, yes, there was the fall, here's how it happened, and he begins, the, as you say, the progressive revelation through a people he would create from Adam, mm-hmm. going through different people, mm-hmm. ultimately coming through the Jewish people yeah. and Absolutely. the Messiah. Yeah. This is all according to plan. Exactly. How can you be against that? Well, yeah. you can be against it. <laughs> subconsciously, if you will, by being influenced by the enemy saying, indeed, whispering on your shoulder, as it were, as the cartoons put it. But it's very real in the same sense. Indeed, has God said, and the fact is, as we go back to, yes, God said, Israel, the Jews, this geographic location, this city, this people, these boundaries, this, when you see this, listen, 
And that is the repercussion we're getting of this sickness that came into mankind. And this particular sickness is called anti-Semitism. And Jeff, the world, the church, because we're talking to believers, they're the only ones who predominantly care. They need the antidote for anti-Semitism. And that antidote for anti-Semitism is, bless Israel, God will be for you curse Israel, and God will come against you. You will be sick if you come against Israel. So those are all things that we will discover. We can, we can make them, we can say that now. And sure. people go, well, what do you, how do you know? Well, folks, you got to stay with us because we're going we're gonna to get there. Uh, so th- the, point, the point that we're making here is that it's all spiritual, right? It's all spiritual. And I think we're making a good case for it. Uh, and I'm, we're interested to hear what you think about it. But here, here's the here's the way uh, the plan of redemption that God uses God uses four people in His plan for redemption, four key people. Without these, and He chose them carefully. And these four key people, and and we're going to talk about when I say people, you're, you might get you might get angry at me here, but I think you'll understand after I say it. Noah is the next one. Abraham is the one after that. Moses is the one after that and then Jesus those are the four those are the four people and I say people when I say Jesus because he was fully man and fully God God came incarnate and dwelt among us uh, Jesus on the earth Jesus death on the cross Jesus rising from the dead is is the uh, beginning of the end of the plan the beginning of the end of the plan but Noah Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. And we're going to talk about each one of them because, as you'll see, beginning with Abraham, if you don't know this, it's something to pay attention to right now. Abraham is the foundation of Israel. Abraham is the foundation of Israel. And so, uh, but Noah, the Noah story is 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 a redemption story. It's all about the redemption. Everything is redemption here. This is all, as you say, it's laid out very quickly, but it's all part of the plan of redemption. For some reason, thank God Almighty, he wanted mankind to be redeemed. Amen. It's important for us, yes, to realize that for somebody out there who may be listening, there is no such plan for the fallen uh, spirits. Yeah. There's no redemption yeah. for them. None. No. They have no hope. They had their chance. They have no hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mankind does, even yeah. though we did basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Now, you yeah. can say through trickery or why yeah. did God allow it? Yeah. There's lots of questions. But nonetheless, we rebelled. And God said, but I'm not going to let man have the same fate as these fallen angelic spirits. Mm-hmm. I am going to immediately mm-hmm. begin this process. Immediately. Of Gula redemption. Yeah, redemption. Now it's interesting too. I, I just want to say when I, I you mentioned your four people that you you said were the linchpins because Jeff, think about it. That's exactly what they are. Take any one of those particular individuals out of the equation, and it falls apart. It falls apart. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And this has been our our uh, topic in the past, which is in the same way. The Jews and Israel are so intertwined, interconnected, interlinked. Mm-hmm. They are one in the same, almost in the almost in the same vein as when Jesus says, "I and the Father are one." Yeah. you can't have yeah. one without the other. Right. You cannot have this redemption mm-hmm. 
without the Jews in Israel being linked, intertwined with Jesus. So yes, every one of them builds on, elaborates further, further builds the story, and yes, eventually now we are in this day and we are seeing further culmination Mm. of this plan. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So the Jesus story uh, is, like I said, it's the beginning of the end of it, right? And I think that's really that's really cool. We've been at that for 2,000 years, so we have a lot to talk about there. But before we get to Jesus, we need to look at Noah, we need to look at Abraham, we need to look at Moses, and we need to look at Jesus. And if you think Israel doesn't matter, you have to answer this question. Why are three out of those four Jews? You have to ask yourself that question. Why out of three of the three out of four of those that list those essential people? They're Jews, and it, and Abraham, he, God shows Abraham the land, and Moses delivers them to the land, and Jesus dwells in the land, and Jesus is coming back to the land. So I don't know how we can say it doesn't matter. Right. I, and be Christians and be believers. Right. You, you, you're saying that his, his uh, divine ordained processes for the redemption yep. is faulty yeah. in some way. You, you, you have to say that in right. order to disagree. To disagree. Yeah. So, Neil, this has been a really, really great discussion for this episode of Israel. Uh, why is the Middle East important? And I look forward to, to continuing how this is going to unfold. I think it's going to be great. I think we did establish that it's all spiritual. So, uh, as you can tell, Neil and I uh, enjoy talking. And after we're done with this, we're going to probably talk for another two hours. Just just about everything that we just we always, because we spend a great deal of time talking about this subject. Uh, because it helps us to root out, to get to the root of the matter. We want to get to the root of the matter about God and why we all exist. And so we want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can e- email us at why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, please invite your friends into this conversation. So thanks for being with us again. And as Neil and I always say when we talk to each other, we always we, we frequently say as we talk to each other, well, I don't know. Because that state of mind of saying I don't know, that willingness to be in that tension of not knowing helps us to learn and grow. So we invite you into that journey with us. So from Neil and I, I just say shalom. Until next time. Judy was boring. 
Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.